0: to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for prime time. Welcome to Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio
1: with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Hey, welcome everybody to Canada's Only Money Show, dedicated to those of you 50 plus and your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And Happy New Year to everybody. We have an outstanding show planned for you today. Dr. John Schmitz is back here with his part two. He's gonna be talking about the importance of dividend investing. Especially when you're in a you know this period of inflation, the economy looking like it's kind of going into a recession here. Getting a regular income from dividends and interest from your fixed income is gonna be crucial to get some sort of a return going into 2023. John is going to join us to explain how he does his research, not only find the best companies that pay you a dividend, but companies that are able to give you more money every year. And he has uh, three or four stocks that he can talk about, too, uh, that are you know designated as dividend growing companies. But first, I have an excellent guide for you, and it just came out, and it's called the estate planning for your RSP and RIF. This is really important, and we specialize in this area. So I, I think it's even more important than a lot of people would give credit to. Estate planning is is, is very important so that you can retain, you know, your assets and, and give it to your, your beneficiaries. And you want to protect your estate and you want to, you know, have a, a long and lasting legacy for your family. So... A lot of you out there may look at what you own and see that your RSP or your RIF is going to be a significant part of your wealth. With that in mind, you you have to properly account for it in your estate plan and how you structure it and, and look at paying the least amount of tax possible. So this guide has been put together and it talks about a lot of areas in terms of estate planning for your RSP, you, you could pass away early and have to you know pass on your RSP to someone. So number one is the taxation of the RSP and the RIF at death. So That's the first part of this guide. So remember when you pass away, the fair market value of the account becomes income in the year of your death. Just like when you go to work, you get a T4 slip. When you pass away and you have an RSP or a RIF, you're going to get a T4. RSP or a T4 RIF at the end of the year and pay tax on it like you would your regular job. Um, the thing you got to understand though, is if you have to take care of it by the end of, in this case, it would have been yesterday, which was December 31st. Now, if it goes over into the next year and it hasn't been passed on through the estate planning process, any income in it will go towards the uh, the estate or the beneficiary in their own name after year end. So you want to tie these things up by uh, year end. Uh, then The second part is how to designate a beneficiary. How do you actually do it? Where do you, where do you sign for to, to designate a beneficiary? And make sure that you've done that on your documentation because if there's any problems, they're going to go back and look at your documentation. And then what happens when you designate your spouse? You could do two different things with your spouse. You could designate them as a beneficiary or you could designate them as a successor annuitant. There's a difference between the two. So this is all explained in here, and I'll get to it a little bit later in uh, in my comments here. Number four is uh, designating a financially dependent child or grandchild. So in this case, you can't designate them as your beneficiary, but the process is behind it is having them financially dependent and understanding how that all works. And the second part that's good is that you could actually pass it over to them, and it would be taxed at their hands on your death, and then that way... Most of uh, people who are financially dependent don't have a lot of income, and, and uh, so you pay a lot lower tax bracket. Okay, number five is uh, designating a minor child or grandchild. So in this case, what you can do is you can roll it over to an annuity. An annuity is a contract with an insurance company to get your your interest in dividends paid to you for the rest of your life. So that could be a possibility for a minor child and they can start getting that after they're 18 years old. Um, You can also designate a disabled child or a grandchild. So physical or a mental disability and the possibility to roll this over to a registered disability savings plan or an annuity as well. And then number seven is transfers to a registered disability savings plan. So um, you have to be uh, under 59 in this case for the person that's the beneficiary. And um, you have to be under the uh, $200,000 lifetime uh, contribution limit that goes into this Registered Disability Savings Plan. There's other opportunities with Henson Trust. You could designate a third party, designating a non-resident. You know, what are the rules associated? So if you're the beneficiary and you're living down in the United States and you inherit this money, what are the tax implications of that? If, if you're designating someone, something for you to know too. And then there's an at the very end, there's an excellent uh, appendix. And on how to actually do the tax reporting for uh, at death, what happens there, and then the uh, the very last part is the comparison between choosing a beneficiary and a successor annuitant for your RIF. Now, if you have a RIF, this is essential um, rating for you, because there's a big dif- difference between choosing. Say you have a, you have a spouse, and you elect them as a beneficiary compared to another designation area on your documentation. Where you can you can designate them as successor and two different words. So this guide is is it essential for all of you that have a RIF, or if you have an RSP and you're thinking about this, it's something that you can get. And of course, here on Primetime Money, it's free for the asking. It's only twelve pages long, easy to read and understand, like all the documents that uh, we send out to you. And all you got to do is give Dominic a call now. One eight six six eight nine one twenty six thirty seven. That's one eight six six eight nine one twenty six. 37 for the estate planning for your RSP and RIF. Okay, so get your hands on that. You know, since it's the first day of 2023, we need to take a bit of a look ahead and figure out what we should be putting our money or how we should adjust our portfolios for the year ahead. Like what should you be doing something with bond funds, Canadian US dollar, GICs, technology sector, oil and gas sector, all these different things that you're looking at. Stay right there and I'll answer all of those for you and much more. I'm Richard Infantino and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. I'm Richard Infantino, and thanks for joining us for this special New Year's Day edition of Primetime Money. You know, as in any new year, there's lots of questions on what you should be doing with your money, and it seems like this time of the year, you kind of really focus on your goals and objectives for the new year. And given where we are in this economic cycle, it's going to be a tough road to hoe here in terms of making money in 2023. Well, helps on the way. On um, Coming up on January 10th to the 13th, I'm going to be at the RBC Capital Markets Global Portfolio Management Conference. And at this conference, every analyst um, that we have speaks in every sector of the stock and the bond markets over these uh, four days. And what they're going to do is talk about their sector, uh, where it's situated in this economy, and what their best ideas are out of that sector. So four days of presentations, Canada, United States, Europe, Asia, um, how to position your portfolio, how each sector will perform in a possible recession, long or short. Canadian, U.S. sectors, asset allocation. Um, now that interest rates are 4 and 5%, where are the best areas of fixed income? Because in this case, when interest rates come down, you could make money on fixed income and make 5% on top of that. So that could be an interesting area to look at. Should you invest in GICs? Should you invest in corporate bonds? Should you invest in government bonds or global bonds? What's the best area of that? We'll have uh, answers for that. Should you buy them directly or buy an ETF for bonds and bond funds? You always have that choice. So I could buy a bond directly and hold it to maturity and get my interest and uh, you know my capital back. Or I could buy an ETF that holds a pool of bonds. Or I could buy a mutual fund where it's actively managed bonds and you're going to be paying a little bit higher fee. What countries are going to provide the, uh, or have the most risk going into next year? Uh, should you overweight Canadians? Should you look at the United States? What about moving money to uh, Europe or Asia? Though They've been down and out for a number of years. What about the energy complex? You know, there's two different distinct areas. There's oil and gas and there's uh, renewable energy, which is solar and uh, wind power. Where do you invest? Uh, what's happening with electrification and the need for uh, battery power? And should we be bottom fishing in 2023? One sector is down uh, 50 to 70%. That's technology and huge companies, products we use every day. So is it time to nibble a little bit here? Lots and lots of questions. But on Primetime Money, our job is to get you the answers. So I've set up a special virtual workshop on Wednesday, January the 18th from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, where I'm going to give you the uh, Coles Notes version of the four-day conference in about one and a half or two hours. So I'm going to get you the answers to who, what, where, when, and why of 2023. And I'm going to present the slides and have a summary available for you as well. And because we have such a, a huge interest on this, we're going to have to limit the number of people who can join this WebEx presentation. I think it's somewhere between 100 and 150. So if you're interested, call Dominique now, one 891 2637 to register. You can also call her after the show at the same number, one 891 2637 Or you can go to www.primetimemoney.ca. So it's Money, all one word, .ca, And you can register there or you can email uh, Dominique as well. Okay, through all that process of analysis, once we've found the uh, right places to invest, we have to screen again on this show. We have to screen for dividends and dividend growers. So stay right there. Dr. John Schmitz is going to join us and explain how he does that and give us some ideas that you can incorporate into your portfolio right now. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. We're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. And this is our part two of a two-part interview with Dr. John Schmitz, who is a professor and he's a portfolio manager with Alpha Delta Funds. And we asked John to come on to the show. It was a couple of weeks ago that he did the part one of the show. And our focus was, you know, how do we find these companies that pay us a dividend, but can also grow the dividend every year? And uh, that's important to you because if if you have a, an income that you're receiving from a company, and each year they can give you 4 or 5 or 6%, and John will tell you that some of these companies have increased it by 10% a year, if you can increase your income, the stock price will follow that. So John's here to join us and uh, explain about his fund that he manages and give you some ideas of companies that are dividend growers right now. Hey, good morning, John. Thanks for uh, joining us here today.
0: Thanks, Richard, for having
1: me. You know, John... Given this uh, economic backdrop, how your fund been uh, performing this year, and what do you think about the prospects going into 2023?
0: Well, I think the environment is very good for this type of strategy. So any strategy that ha- buys cheaper valuation companies and has cash flow and earnings, like true cash flow, true earnings, and uh, dividends, uh, I believe... Um, will continue to do well in this environment. Uh, Where the pain point, of course, has been over the last uh, year or so has been those companies with low earnings or no earnings, Mm -hmm. worse yet, um, no cash flow or negative cash flow, um, and no dividends. Those stocks had gotten exceedingly expensive in what I call the greatest growth bubble, stock uh, growth bubble um, that, that we've seen. In fact, the growth bubble that blew up kind of from 2015 to 2020 was actually greater than the dot-com bubble in uh, the late 90s, uh, early 2000s. Hmm. And what we've seen is that this, this growth stock bubble has started to deflate. With interest rates going up and inflation going up um, money, and money not being free anymore – Um, These growth names that that have no earnings, have no cash flow, were priced at crazy multiples on sales, not earnings or cash flow, have all paid a a pretty significant price over the last uh, 12, 14 months. And I believe that this unwind of this growth bubble is only about half done. Again, very similar to the 2000 to 2003 time period where you saw a large segment of the stock markets going down in price um, while you have another segment within, hidden within the market going up in price. And that's the the environment I believe we started into about a year, uh, year and a half ago, and I believe we will be in for the next year, year and a half going forward. Uh, An environment where there's a large rotation out of expensive, low earning, no dividend paying stocks into those stocks that earn, that generate cash flow, that pay dividends, and more importantly, increase those dividends through time. So so how do
1: you find those, John? How 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 are you finding those?
0: Uh, it, it's actually much easier to forecast dividends going up than stock prices going up oh really so if you if you think about it how, how, do, how do you how do you forecast dividends going up it's actually fairly easy you, you look for companies generating significant amounts of earnings, significant amounts of cash flow that are growing those cash flows and earnings through time, and then have management's in place that like to share that dividend, uh, or sorry, that cash flow and earnings growth with their shareholders
1: through dividend increases. So, is so it, do you go back and look at it? They have a history of that, or do you, could there be new companies coming up that say, "Listen, this is the kind of thing we want to do"?
0: Combination of both. So, okay. it's 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 important that a company's management has demonstrated their willingness and, in fact, their desire to share the growth with its shareholders. So okay. you do want to absolutely look at the history of dividend payments, the dividend growth, as well as, of course, the, the, sh- the cash flow growth and the earnings growth that generated that dividend growth. But also you have to look into the future because yeah. at the end of the day, starting from today, we're interested about f- in future dividend growth. Yeah, exactly. And in order to get future dividend growth, we need future cash flow growth um, in order to finance that dividend growth.
1: Right. Yeah. So, who's um, let, let's talk about the fund that you have now. Um, who, like, talk about some companies that, that demonstrate all of these things that we're just talking about.
0: Sure. Uh, in fact, it's probably easiest for me just to to give you the list of our say our top four holdings.
1: Sure, that'd be great.
0: Um, um, we are a global um, dividend fund. As a result, you know the U.S. represents roughly two thirds of the uh, the world's equity market. So. Probably not surprisingly, all four are large-cap U.S. stocks. So, starting with our largest holding, it's uh, it's currently uh, Comcast. Um, Comcast is a very large uh, communication services slash media stock in in the U.S. It is the largest cable company in the U.S., but it also owns Universal Studios, uh, the, the the movie studio, mm-hmm. um, as well as of course the theme parks. Um, they are a, a really nice company in this type of environment because they generate very consistent and high cash flows that have historically and are expected to continue to grow through time. And they've also demonstrated a, 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 an ability and a willingness to share that with shareholders. It currently has a roughly 3% dividend yield, and it's over the last five years growing that dividend yield uh, by 11.4% per annum. Wow.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Uh, our second stock, uh, second largest stock in the portfolio, is a technology stock, um, technically classified as a semiconductor. Um, Broadcom is, 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 is the name. Um, they're in the, the uh, midst of purchasing a software company that will um, actually broaden their mix of technology businesses such that it's roughly 50% software and roughly 50% semiconductors. So very large, diversified business. Um, it too has a nice 3% uh, dividend yield uh, in the US. But uh, believe it or not, it, uh, it's been growing its dividend uh, 32% per annum over the last five years. Uh, and uh, by the way, it also trades at only 13 times earnings. So it is not one of these expensive tech companies I was talking about earlier. It is actually substantially cheaper than the market despite growing very fast. Uh, the third name on our list here is a healthcare company, a pharmaceutical company um, uh, called Merck. It's in the Dow Jones uh, 30. And it too has uh, close to a 3% yield, 2.7% to be exact. It's been growing its dividend at 9.2% per annum over the last five years. And uh, it also trades at a multiple, despite the safety factor of this company. Um, it trades below the market multiple at 14.6 forward earnings. So, uh, and our,
1: yep, sorry. yeah, we have time just to, like, what, all, these th- all these companies have lots of things in common. What, are they, what do they all have in common?
0: They, they have a combination of several factors. Okay. Number one, they all have uh, well above market uh, dividend yield. Okay. They have uh, um, double-digit earning or dividends growth, I should say. On average, these, uh, these names have a 12% five-year average dividend growth. And importantly, in this environment, they actually have an average P.E. ratio of roughly 11 times forward earnings, whereas the S&P 500, by comparison, has a P.E. ratio of roughly 17.7 times forward earnings. So they trade at about a 40% discount to the market, and yet have those terrific dividend characteristics.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. When you look at the dividend, Just folks, if you, if you think about it, say, for instance, like if you take these criteria that uh, John's talking about and you, and you were getting $50,000 of income from your dividend stocks, the next year you're going to get $56,000 if, if it grows at the same rate, right? Is that what we're talking about, John? That's basically absolutely. it, right? yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I so mean, inflation companies, is going to take some yeah.
0: of that away. Yeah.
1: But the, the same incredible. companies, you, you, you haven't sold a, a stock and you're getting uh, that extra money. And that makes a big difference. John, it's been tremendous to have you on the show again today. Thanks for, you know, bringing us up to speed with, uh, you know, how you're doing your strategy, which is working tremendously for you, obviously. And, uh, you know, giving us um, a great idea to go into 2023 and beyond. Thanks, Richard. Much appreciated. All right. You take care. Bye now. Okay. That was Dr. John Schmitz. He's a portfolio manager with Alpha Delta Funds. Remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund and ETF investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds and ETFs are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Alpha Delta. Wow, we're all out of time again, folks. Uh, I got a couple of reminders for you, though. Uh, Our virtual seminar is going to be coming up on Wednesday, January the 18th. It's going to run from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. And remember, it's virtual by WebEx, so you have to call up, register, and then Dominique will send you the link to... uh, uh, you know, hop onto our presentation. And what I'm going to present is all the notes from our Portfolio Management Conference that's going on the week before. It's four days, every sector of the market in analysis and the uh, fixed income market and investing globally into United States, Asia, and Europe. So lots of information for you if you want to come out and, uh, you know, talk with us and uh, discuss what's happening in the future here with all these sectors. So all you got to do is give Dominique a call, one 891 Thirty-seven. That's one eight six six eight nine one twenty six thirty-seven to register for the uh, WebEx presentation we're having on Wednesday, January eighteenth. Plus, get yourself a copy of the estate planning for your RSP and RIF. You know, it's a free guide. It's twelve pages long, and they go through all the things that you need to do in terms of estate planning for your RSP and and RIF account. Uh, especially if you have a RIF account now and you're thinking about estate planning, this is the essential reading for you. One eight six six eight nine one twenty six. 37 for that. So, see you all again uh, next week, folks. We'll jump right into all the ideas for 2023. Happy New Year again. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads.